With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another. I'm all, I'm all making motions like I'm being filmed. <laughs> I mean, I am being filmed. But you might as well. I, uh, you know, uh, welcome to another episode of Deadline's New Hollywood Podcast. We have a special episode. Well, it's a new kind of thing we're trying out. Um, we have two special guests uh, this, uh, this episode. We have Alexander Hodge, who plays Andrew on Insecure. And then we have Sherry Cola, who plays Alice on Good Trouble. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Hey, we were just talking about quarantine and like what everybody's like up to during this the lockdown. What are you guys up to? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Alexander is making tea right now. I'm trying, so to, I'm trying to be <laughs> as quiet as I can making tea. We no, know that know, this is super casual. We're fine, you know. It's it's like you know we're just hanging out, you know. Literally, ah, you welcome to my kitchen. I feel like this is half. Deadline podcast, half MTV Cribs. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in quarantine, my standards are just so low now for myself. <laughs> like, like I oh. haven't left the crib in like a week and mm-hmm. cool, I went grocery shopping. I haven't mm-hmm. left the crib and somehow I'm like brushing my teeth as if I'm late <laughs> for work. You know what I mean? I'm like I brushing it in a hurry. Sherry interviewed me a couple of days ago and clearly I haven't gotten changed since <laughs> you are wearing the same outfit wait is that the same is that the same outfit you wore on in sherry's interview on thursday today's up? wednesday okay. <laughs> i can't i can't do this level of shade uh, <laughs> right well we had uh uh i, I we, we had actually we had isa on yesterday yeah um uh alexander uh isa ray oh she says hi boss on here you ain't even invite me <laughs> <laughs> she she had nothing but wonderful things to say about you. Do you know how much they pay her to say that shit? Um no, but yeah, we're 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 in this quarantine right now. This is another you guys are our third remote episode. And like I said, we're doing this whole kind of we're changing things up with New Hollywood right now. We're kind right. of like we're gonna try to do some of these like round table discussions, but before we get into that, you know, we're talking about quarantine. What are you guys binging right now have you had any new discoveries new talents new hobbies <laughs> have you discovered all, something about yourself that i you mean i've know? discovered um parts of my body 
Mary, First Mary, and foremost. Mary is doing her, her Ryan Seacrest transformation right now during quarantine. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm going back to her. She's got everything. She's, she's all, all out content right now. You know me with the content. Content never sleeps. You know what I mean? Content is not social distance. And neither no. do you. You're up till like five in the morning every night. I don't know how, like I go to bed physically at like 11 and I, I'm, I'm still there and it's 5 a.m. Wow. But I, anyway, I, <laughs> I kind of become, I'm working the night shift uh, uh, officially, the graveyard shift. You're in the graveyard, yeah. <laughs> but I look at your stories and you are posting things like, I wake up like, I probably wake up maybe at about 6, 6.30 in the morning for work and start work then and then I look at your story and you're like, oh, oh, you just posted this 15 minutes. Literally, it says like 45 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> this morning, I was like, oh, Sherry's making like fried rice and eggs for breakfast. That's a lot. <laughs> Very nice. I realized it was at like four in the morning. I was yeah, like, it was wow. It was late dinner. Um, hmm. And I'm solo right now because my roommates went to their families. So I'm just trying to keep busy. Suddenly, I'm a chef. Suddenly, I'm a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a singer. Like, what's happening? Yes. This new discoveries during <laughs> lockdown. That's, that's what it's what's all about, right? Yeah. yeah. What, are you guys watching anything special? Yeah, man. I mean, we just started on this whole, like, I mean, thanks to Tiger King, we're now in this massive docuseries kind of hole. Mm. We're looking for the next one right now. We tried our conspiracies on Netflix. I'm going to give it another episode. But there's one called Murder in the Bayou, which looks scary as fuck. I and have... We're going to get into that. I started docu-series because, because of Tiger King, too. And I've started watching um, World's Toughest Prisons on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, it's a crazy just to see, like, the prison system around the world versus the prison system in, like, in Colombia. They're, they're horrible. Yeah. But there was, there was one place that this guy went to that it was like, it was like this like sanctuary. I can't remember where it was, but it was a nice, everybody had their own room. There was like a nice kitchen. Like it was oh. like this, it's, it's very interesting. Was that in America? No, it, it's, it's, it's all different countries. He, he is this guy, he's from London. He spent 12 years in prison for a murder that he didn't commit. And now he just goes around and uh, visits like different prisons around the world just to see how they're, and he, he'll spend time in prison with, with like, he'll, he'll be an actual prisoner for like a week. Wow. So, yeah, wow. so oh. he has to be strip searched and all that stuff. Oh. Everything that the, these prisoners are doing, he does it too. Very, cool. very interesting, yeah. Very interesting. Like it's really kind of cool watching that during this time because it puts things in perspective. Because, you know what I mean, we can be a lot on social media and us right. as a generation just kind of like be ungrateful. It really makes you think like, okay, we really don't have it that bad. Right. You know? No, I was, I was, I know like Ellen DeGeneres had said something. I'm sure she was joking, but saying how this quarantine is like a jail. And I was like, girl. No, don't say that. <laughs> it's not. Previous <laughs> generations had to go to war at our age. Yeah. Really being uh, yeah. I was like, oh, we're we're like, I'm I'm serious. Like seriously, we're we're a lot of people are complaining that we have to stay home. I'm like, oh, and home is like filled with Netflix, food, right, uh, right. We have so many luxuries. A bed, I mean, yeah, hot water, we, like. I think we can't. I know we can't see each other, and that sucks. I mean, we could see each other through like uh, yeah. media like this, but but at the same time, it's like we. In, in retrospect, we do not have it. We could, we shouldn't be complaining. Like, it's just uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah. Perspective. Like we have, you know, 
I mean, I have like a lot of my families are are nurses and doctors, medical professionals. Like they're the ones who are fucking risking their lives, and we're sitting here complaining. Oh my god, we have to stay home and watch trash. Yeah, (laughs) like I like I finished Netflix, and I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm grounded. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but but you know, speaking to that, you know. we wanted to bring you guys on, obviously, because both of you guys are Asian. <laughs> and, if you didn't uh, know. Like, if you guys didn't <laughs> like, know. Um, but we also, you know, we, we are in this time, and I've spoken about it uh, at length, and I wrote a whole article on it, and I've been talking to it just a I just did an Instagram Live with Leonardo Nam about this as well, about the treatment of Asian Americans and Asians in general during this crisis. And um, I... I mean, I wanted to get your perspectives. I mean, Sherry, I was with you that night when, well, I, I think I left by that time, but when you got not really accosted, but, you know, it was a weird situation. Um, I mean, can you, like, for those who don't know, can you just, like... Is this something? when we were at Soho yeah, House? Yeah, at Soho Alex House. there with me earlier. Oh, yeah, Alexander, you were there, too. Um, no, I mean, it was just kind of a taken aback moment because this was early on you know I think mm-hmm. it was March uh, 2nd yeah and um so I get in the elevator with this other Asian guy that I met literally seconds before uh we got in the elevator and um these four like white dudes come come in and we're just saying general hellos and all of a sudden one of them says do you have coronavirus like I said he's like he had like an English accent or something do you have coronavirus and I was like are you serious I was like, are you serious? And I mean, it's kind of blurry, but the guy next to me decides to say yes as a joke, like kind of just like going with it. But I'm still like, no, screw this. Like, I'm like, you know, just so you know, that's inappropriate. I should have said racist, but I said, just so you know, that's inappropriate. And whatever he said, and I pretty much was like, I, you need to apologize to me. Like, I was like, you need to apologize. And then he said, sorry to me. And I was still like, it felt like it, an hour long elevator ride because we were still mm-hmm. in it, even though it was like four floors. And um, I was like, I don't know what to do right now besides expose you on Twitter. Like I said that out loud. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and then he was like, no, don't do that. We don't use Twitter, whatever. Oh my God, <laughs> like, like, good <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the guy next to me, he said, did you, did you ask that because we're Asian? And he was like, no, I'm, we've been asking everyone, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, okay, so that's when the elevator opened. And I'm like, you got to you, be careful with what you say or something I said. I, but I was just so in shock, you yeah. know? Um, stranger, random Asian boy ended up giving me a ride home because we were <laughs> like processing. <laughs> um, you guys bonded over the yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you turn a racist encounter into a pickup? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, free Uber. <laughs> I think that's right. Kind of, that, that's that's kind of cool that this random Asian guy. I mean, like, granted, you know, I'm sure he was safe and everything, but it's like, kind of, there is kind of this kind of solidarity there, right? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, and for the record, his name's Josh, by the way. I, I, sorry, <laughs> Shout sorry. out to Josh, Asian oh, Josh. Right. Um, but yeah, we kind of just were in his car, just like what. And me, of course, in those situations, even though I kind of, you know, of course I spoke up because mm-hmm. I, all my life, I've, 
been very adamant on breaking the stereotype, you know, like not being the quiet Asian girl, you know, I feel so strongly about that, that of mm -hmm. course in that moment I had to say something, you know, so, um, but of course there were things that I wish I, I wish I said more because I'm like, right. So, so unfathomed. You were, you were in shock. So it's like, yeah. you obviously like, it's like you're processing it and then you're trying to figure out like how to respond to it. But at the same time, it's like, did this really just happen? Yeah. And I think, I think that's also a popular thing. It's like a, when we get into, cause like, you know, we're walking the streets, not like prostitutes, but we're just, walk, <laughs> we're walking around minding our business and then something racist or a microaggression happens to us and we get caught off guard. Right. And you don't know how to respond. You're like, oh, and then, then, then is that after the fact, oh, I should have said X, Y, and Z. Right. Mm -hmm. um, like I remember a long time ago, I was, when I was living in the Bay area, I, me and my sister and my cousin were walking through Berkeley. Berkeley of all places, and this is supposed to be a progressive city, that a progressive neighborhood, progressive city. And this girl, we were just walking, you know, chilling out, and this girl came up to all three of us, and she was all, "Can I just stop you guys for a moment? How do you guys feel like all Asians are taking our jobs?" And I, and then we were just like, yeah. we just really stood there, like. And then she walked away, and then like then it was at that whole feeling after. Right. Sherry, your incident happened before, was it before the whole Chinese virus uh, tweet from, mm -hmm. okay. So it's, first of all, it's crazy to think that obviously people would think that, but then, but then when you put something out there and give it like sort of like a label, I just, I just wonder like how that sort of, when you guys first saw, when you first read his tweet, what, were, what was sort of your reactions? What were your initial thoughts when you, when, when he said that? And then also when he tweeted the, you know, his, I don't know, I don't know if you called it a, a, yeah. a, an added, well, an added statement to it. What, what would you, what did you guys think? I mean, I wasn't surprised. Mm. You know, I, I can't, I think, I, th I think it'd be more surprising if he came out and said, you know, he was, he was factually correct and he was cool, calm and collected throughout the process. You know, I, I think he's, he's only, he's doing what he's always been doing. And it's just right now where, where the community that's come under fire mm. because of his blatant and blunt, you know, way of communicating with the world. Um, what we're experiencing right now, I feel like is, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, physical and visceral response to a worldwide pandemic and, and and as a community we're the ones that are kind of getting getting screwed over for it but you know we, we can't I, th I think it's kind of like a microcosm of the way that our community has been viewed for a long time you know like like racism towards Asians isn't always um assaults you know it's much it's, it can be much more socially ingrained and so on and much more mm -hmm. passive than you know police killing us in large numbers. You know, that doesn't happen to our community specifically. We have a very, um, I guess, specific sort of experience when it comes to racism in America. I mean, right now it's sort of morphing into, in, into a much more violent, um, you know, aggression than we've, than we've experienced in, in recent years. And so I think it's kind of scary. Um, you know, obviously we are not the only community that's dealing with it um, or, a community that's always dealt with it if you want yeah. to think trans communities and so on you know we're, we're experiencing something that i think we thought we might have moved past right right and it's like when the leader of the free world tweets something like that it's just you know obviously it, it puts us like five haven't. steps back right exactly yeah yeah and, and it, yeah and it is like you know there is 
it there is like this never ending you know list of stories that keep happening and i don't know if you guys saw it you know you guys know phil from angry asian man he posted this mm -hmm. video of a woman taking out her garbage i think or something like that and some guy just came up to her and poured acid on her and i mean as much as i hate to see those videos happen um it, it we have to accept that that's what the world we're living in it's like mm -hmm. oh we can't ignore it we can't ignore and, it exactly uh, I, i'm hearing a different or, or different stories every day and when i put that call out for that uh, uh, that article i'm like I, I reached out to the asian community and i said hey does anyone have stories i thought i would get like two or three i've got i got so much response and it was so heartbreaking and i was just trying to and writing that article like very i mean nothing has happened to me knock on wood but it, it's it, it was emotionally exhausting to see that how this yeah. shit could still happen yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. It, yeah it truly is is heartbreaking and like my mom legit owns a restaurant like that's still running it i can't even imagine someone going into her restaurant and like hurting her you know what i mean yeah like she's just publicly in the world you know and like it, i wouldn't put it past people that's the messed up part well i mean what's kind of scary about it and fucked up is that yeah like a lot of these assaults are being targeted on older asian people yeah you know like not that's just the thing. one it's asian like, you know and it's like it's 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 kind of usually older people and it's like how like the, the cowardice to attack an older person in the mm -hmm. first place but secondly that's the real fear for me is the fear for my mother is you know yeah. she's already told me about how people you know make snide remarks to her even before the lockdown she's in australia yeah. but there were you know just 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 remarks snide remarks made around the workplace and 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 in in public and that is the scary part is that like i'm fine i'm going to take care of myself but mm -hmm. i my mother is just the thought of something happening to her is is, yeah. is really is, is a really scary thought you know yeah. and i think that's where the, our mind goes right like me like you guys is especially it, asian racism is interesting because it's asian racism it doesn't give a fuck if you're chinese japanese filipino korean cambodian south asian it does not matter they're gonna come after you no matter what and i it's the same thing it's like i worry about my parents and seeing you know luckily they're my they live with my sister and in, 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 in the bay area but my sister's like saying okay you guys stay home mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's not safe out there and mm -hmm. there's that other layer of like we have to protect ourselves from covid and at the same time we have to watch other our backs people. because there's so many ignorant people out there yeah yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, is there? Do you feel a sense of like when you go out there, when you go to grocery stores, that people are are sort of like, you know, either not looking at you or even thinking that you know, like I, I always just sort, you know, I remember, I, I think about like going to stores. Like, I think about, I think about how like I've I've never like experienced like an overt race like overt racism, but I've had friends that like mm -hmm. have gone to stores and been followed and like and, and they're super super cautious about that. And that's that that's something that I, you know, I've never even thought to be aware of. So do you guys feel like your sort of your awareness is sort of heightened at this at this time? 
in a really weird way as just making it so much easier to keep six feet because no right. one wants to go near any Asians right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I was in my elevator going up in my apartment building, going up from the lobby. And I got in the elevator with this other guy and he walked out of the elevator to oh. take the stairs. And yeah. I was like, that works fine for me, man. I mean, that could be a combination of you being Asian and just he's being freaked out. But, you know, but when people do that, that's where my mind goes. There, right. were, there, were, there were three of us in the elevator. We were all Asian and oh. he wasn't. Oh, my so God. So you could be right. You could be right. No, he's racist. <laughs> he's racist. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think of, when I think about stuff like this, I always think about, I always go back to like, how we talk about diversity and representation and how, you know, we've talked about it exhaustively, but it's, it's crazy how the, the conversation there's, it's like they're, they're, they get more vital as the years go by instead yeah. of like, you know, so I think about like, especially like you, how you were saying about how people sort of target every single Asian and not, and they like, they still see Asians as like a monolith and not, you know, different people, different stories, nuance. And I just keep thinking about how important it is for us to have, you know, representation on the screen, representation in, in like in books and media, because I, I it, it just seems like this problem that we have in this country, it's going to take I don't even I don't even know if it's going to have it's going to be eradicated in our generation. No, it won't. And I think and I also think, you know, racism will always exist, right? Yeah, um, which is so sad. I, you don't you don't it's it's still hard to fathom how people don't see people as people and people are still so in in a mentality that a certain race or a certain they they, they are this way or they act this way so therefore we should react this way. And it it's just, also it baffles me. Yeah, it's like hate is inherited, right? And it's passed down. And as long as that, it's like a breaking that cycle is hard. I mean, we, we you, I'll, I won't lie. It's like I look at what's going on in our administration. He's passed his way of thinking down to his oh. kids. His kids, yeah. his kids will pass it down to their kids, so on and so forth. And that's why this problem will continue yeah. and I, I i'm like slowly saying there's this book that i'm like it's called um it, it's called white privilege or uh white fragility that's it white fragility and it just basically the whole thing it's written by a white woman uh i forgot her name but it's basically her saying white people need to be held accountable for themselves because it's not our job here in this room to mm -hmm. like it's not for the it's not the oppressed to teach the oppressor yeah. it's not our responsibility it's not our responsibility to teach you about your racism because once because we could beat our drum as long as we can they're not going to listen to us and mm -hmm. i think we had uh kumail and um, emily on our park our podcast i like the way that they handled it how like Emily says, anytime there's something, you know, feminist or related to women, Kumail stands up for me. Mm. And anytime there's something about race, I stand up for Kumail. And having that allyship, yeah. I think there's something yeah. really good about that. Yeah. Hmm. I see it as it's, it's all our responsibility. Like, I, I understand what uh, this person was saying, but I just, I, I do see, the, I, I do see the need to point out when people are being, like, overtly racist oh, yeah. or, 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 like, inappropriate appropriate like I think I mean I, I I commend you Sherry because I didn't I know for me if that would have happened I wouldn't even the fact that you even got like asked them to apologize I wouldn't even 
you know, I couldn't even react to that. Yeah, I feel like, once again, back to me, like, you almost feel a responsibility to have your communities back, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And in those moments, like, one time I was in Oklahoma, and I was in an Uber, and, you know, Oklahoma, they're not as progressive as us right now, you know oh, what gosh. I mean? So, like, um, in, in a very casual uh, conversation, my Uber driver said the word oriental, mm. not as, like, um, a, a like uh you know trying to offend me on purpose but he just literally grouped asians like he was like yeah a lot of orientals here own restaurants and in that moment you know it's it's just me and him mm-hmm. I, I i was like i have to you know tell this older man that you know hey i was like hey just so you know like the term oriental is derogatory technically and we don't use that anymore he was like oh I didn't know that. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, it's like an old school term, whatever. He was like, I didn't know that. Thank you so much. And it's so important to just have the conversations. I did not attack him. I did not get upset. I just communicated. And I think that's so vital because sometimes, you know, people can get defensive. um, You know what I mean? But as long as we're just like transparent and just like, hey, just so you know, they're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There there is that fear. There is that fear of if you stand up for yourself, how is this person going to react back to you? Are they going to get violent? Is Mm -hmm. is this going to cause the situation to become more contentious? So like I said, I commend you for doing that because I would like all that stuff would be going through my head. And I don't know, I don't know these people. I don't know how they would act, especially if they're they're, they're men. I, I, I don't know if I could, I would have the courage to say like, Hey, you know, that's not, you, you, you need to apologize for that. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people deal with that too. When, uh, like, when I was saying, you know, it's not our job to, to teach the oppressor, I'm like, I'm saying it's, we call it out, right? Right. But mm. we only could do so much, right? We can't, we can't yeah, really I think, just say. I think it's part of what Sherry says, just having the conversation, being able to, like, highlight it when you see it. But yeah. not being your responsibility to be the spokesperson for mm. an yeah. entire experience or an entire community. You know, it's sort of like. Yeah. If it was like, we're having this conversation, it's one black woman and three Asians, and we're like, Amanda, what's it like for black people when this happens? <laughs> and you're the only person who can have, you know, have, have input and we hold you up to that. That's kind of unfair. And yeah. I think that's why it's not our responsibility to do something like that. But being who you are, your experience is always warranted to weigh in on when you feel like, you know, volunteering. Exactly. I think that's, that's, yeah. that's the important part. Right. Oh my God, we are so smart, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think so. Like, I don't know. How do you guys? How do you guys sort of like? And I don't know. If this is something that because we're in a time where it's being embraced, representation, diversity. But have you guys? Have you guys felt that you know in your storytelling that you can really sort of lean on representation more so now than maybe when you first started because it's so it's so it's it's more welcome now or it's more talked about um yeah alice alice and i have talked about this and like we feel really grateful because we are fairly like newcomers if you will Mm -hmm. like we are at this time where you know there is progression in terms of hollywood recognizing asian stories a lot more work to be done of Mm -hmm. course um but you know, for me on, on Good Trouble, I do feel really lucky in terms of my storyline. It's a queer, you know, first generation Asian, uh, you know, Chinese girl. And, you know, she deals with a lot, you know, in terms of acceptance from her parents and just kind of finding her queer voice. You know, a lot of things I never really saw on television growing up. So I do feel um, like 
I feel represented, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. on, on that mm -hmm. specific, uh, uh, you know, storytelling way on Control for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the showrunners and everyone, they're very open to my two cents as well, which is really cool. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I am the only, you know, like um, Asian in the, uh, like the main cast, the main cast yeah. will, you know, the series regulars or whatever. So um, yeah, they really, they, they're really, prioritize like um making sure everyone is seen you know so, right yeah, yeah. Cool. well same for me on my end i mean my show literally hired an asian writer for the room to oh, get our experience yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a that, and, you know i came to this realization we were doing a panel um up at sundance earlier this year and i came to the realization that this is the first time that i've ever written words that I've ever spoken words that were written by someone who looked like me. Mm. You know, like that was the first time this season I I spoke lines that were written by an Asian dude. You know, so it was like oh. that is like something kind of really cool. You know, yeah. to to yeah. be able to lean into that and be like, yeah, somebody really thought about my experience and like the rep the representation. You know, and it's like not <laughs> just any dude. Like it's a long haired dude who like wears. <laughs> Vans and Dickies and is engaged to a black woman. Like mm -hmm. they really did their homework. Like, <laughs> wow. He was like just like me. Yeah. So so like it does. It feels. It feels. Like you feel safer. You feel like there's a place for you. You feel like there's a place specifically carved out and made home for you. And mm -hmm. then like yeah, I mean I think it's, it's. We wouldn't have had that if it wasn't for you know this this wave of representation that we're having yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah it really means so much to to have someone in the writer's room have your back yeah you know i mean like it, it mm -hmm. matters you know I, I can't believe like there are some writers rooms out there that aren't as you know diverse you know what mm -hmm. i mean it's like you have to represent every single person in the cast you know we know them. we know all our friends who complain uh, <laughs> that their writer's room is the widest room <laughs> <laughs> Um, the writer's room <laughs> that's it but like, yeah on good trouble yeah we have um a couple of asian writers as well and like you know those are your your, your people and you i have conversations with them because i'm so excited about what they're pitching for my character mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. it, it's nuts that it's 2020 and we're still shocked that we deserve this right, you know mm -hmm. right. yeah like, exactly yeah. i mean i, I it was it was like another interview I had this week with Dan Levy of Shit's Creek, and he said the same thing. He was just like, "Oh, it pains me that we're in 2020, and showing a male romance on TV, a, a romance between two men, is groundbreaking." Yeah, and <laughs> you know, I I just appreciate what you guys do and furthering push that needle, you know, representing. Yeah, and but so do you guys. You guys are equally as if not more important in doing so because yeah. we like the, the coverage is everything because yeah. of this like you know this tv renaissance we're having there could mm -hmm. be several groundbreaking arcs that are happening but they're not yeah. getting coverage yeah. you know like what you guys do is just as important oh my god that gave me chills <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, sweet go ahead we're, yeah. we're, we're gonna have to start wrapping up here in a little bit um but you know Sherry loves well, a long I, interview. I, I know. Wanna, I'm I sorry. Wanna, I want to touch on one thing before we wrap up. Like yeah. how, like sort of, how do we all come together as as communities of colors, as 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 traditionally marginalized group right now in this time? How do we? How do you guys feel like we can support each other um, during this time? 
I think we continue to support independent businesses that are owned by minorities. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many people being crushed right now and it, and it is easier for us to go to Whole Foods or get Amazon delivered and so on. It's harder for us to go out of our way to support and, you know, independent minority owned businesses. But I feel like that's a really good place to start. And then also, I just, I, I, I yearn for the day of like intersectional support between communities where we mm. can like see that right now the, the Asian community is under extreme duress. But once this is blown over, I really hope that the Asian community can turn around and support the black community that's mm -hmm. continuing to be oppressed. Yeah. You know? And then, and then so on forth for the trans community and LGBT community, because that, that is how I feel like we come together. We, we, we embrace and celebrate our differences, yeah. but also through doing that, understand which and who is experiencing what in that moment and what they might need. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. yeah. Just having each other's backs like wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 And it's, it is that whole, it's like my mantra or like a mantra that I love is like, oh, if one of us wins, we all win. Right. That the, the, this, this feeling of like having each other's back. I mean, I stand for the Asian community, but you know what? I stand just as much for the black community, the Latino community, disabled, yeah. you know, any, anyone, community. indigenous yeah. community, the queer yes. community, anything that has been oppressed. And you know, I will forever stand by that. Yeah, and, and I think know. it's like now it's important how more than ever that we all band together. I just mm -hmm. feel like we're not going to accomplish anything if we keep sort of fighting in our silos. Like I yeah. feel like it's we need to band together and, and and work together to sort of combat all these all these negative things that come our way. And I think in that in that sense we'll we'll we'll, we'll definitely win. Like I think you're you you said it right. Like if one of us wins, we all win. Yeah. And I, I wholeheartedly yeah. believe that. Cool. Oh, I love that. I love that yeah. so much. Well, Alexander and Sherry, thank you guys so much. We would talk forever, but yeah. you know, me and Amanda got some stories to break. <laughs> and, and plus, I think we only have 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, we have the 40 minute Zoom limit. Um, I love how all of us are having a, a, a our hats. A, a, a yeah, hat I didn't even notice that. Honestly, just Living like brushing it. my hair today. I mean, I don't. Where I am I going? I'm um, growing mine out. So. Oh, oh nice. look at that! Oh, look at you. hair growing. The out. bun's coming Lush back. Oh, um, nice. so Alexander, you could see him on uh, Insecure. Uh, Starting, Sunday. Yes. Starting Sunday. Starting yes. Sunday. Well, by this time, <laughs> well, by, by this, this time, time, two episodes would have aired. But um, it's Sherry, on Sundays. <laughs> Good Troubles available on the streamers. Yes, check one and two. Yeah, uh, and it's coming back for a third season, right? Yes, it's yeah, new for a third week. season. Yes. Yeah. What and can you guys? Can you guys tease anything about what's yeah, to come before we go? Before we go. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. This shit's about to be wild. Juiciness. Juiciness. Yes. Juiciness and, and wild. Yeah. All we need for our lockdown. Yeah. And then also, you know, follow them on the socials. Especially, and follow Sherry's social because she'll just talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> she has everything. She's, she has, she has, she has, a, me. I'm she has a variety pack. where it's at online. <laughs> she has a variety she's pack a, of A content. DJ, she's a host, hey. she's, she's a, a journalist, a she, comic. She, she's a comedian, she cooks. I cook. She, I don't yeah. she eat though. I, don't I cook too. I cook too. I just don't post it online. That, and you make some bomb ass tea, right? Bomb ass tea. Bomb ass tea. I'm two weeks away from doing an ASMR video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank on. you guys. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Right. Thanks, y'all.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.